And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. Today's guest is Luke Noski. In 2008, Luke had a near-death experience where he encountered God, and today we're going to talk about it. Luke, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love your show. Thank you. All right. Uh, my audience loves to hear about near-death experiences, so if you don't mind, can we start on the day yours happened and go from there? Yeah. That's why. That's how I got a hold of you is because... Um, and my near-death experience happened when I was t- um, in 2008, but like I'd literally watched every video since then. Like I've been addicted to near-death experiences. So yeah, so um, it was around uh, 2000. Um, I got a bad wreck around 2006, and it hurt my legs really super bad. And um, so um, I couldn't sleep at night, and I'd have to have my ki- sleep at all. My kids had to lay on my legs. It hurt so so bad. It was it was it was as bad as you can ever imagine so i went to the doctor one day this is two years later after it being in pain and i said dude cut off my legs just cut off my legs i don't want them no more and he looked at me and he knew i was serious and i was like i'd rather have my legs cut off than live in this pain and so what happened was uh i i begged him for xanax because xanax would put me to sleep and he's like dude i can't give you no drugs i can't and i said dude i don't want drugs but i i have been up for uh, for t- well excuse me 10 days before that i went in and i was saying all this and they gave me this medicine they thought i was crazy you know because they couldn't figure out i went through every test all this stuff and you couldn't find out what was wrong with me so they gave me this uh pill that kept me up for 10 straight days and that de- uh, i felt like i was high on like speed or something it was literally like a drug like speed and uh, for 10 days i went without sleeping and at the end of those 10 days i was like dude i can't do this no more my legs are in pain and so then i went in and the doctor i begged him begged him begged him i remember i begged him for Xanax because I knew I'd go to sleep. And so I, he gave me Xanax and I went home and I laid on the couch and it was in the evening time, you know, after the, after I got back from the doctor and my, um, then wife who I was with at that time was, um, in my master bedroom and my two kids were on their bunk bed and I laid down, you know, it's normal. I just laid down on the couch. I, I couldn't sleep in, a, in the room because my, my, my legs were in so much pain. I couldn't sleep by anybody unless somebody was sitting on my legs. So I, t- I, I imagine I popped two pills, the, the, the 10 mil or whatever. I, I don't take Xanax after I had my encounter, my, uh, my encounter with, uh, God in, uh, 2000, um, or, uh, when I was 40 years old, I haven't taken Xanax since then. So, but during the time I took Xanax when I, and so I laid on my couch and I just went, I guess I went to sleep, but I just got knocked out so bad. The next thing I remember is I'm, I'm out of my body, dude. I'm out of my body and, and get this, like, you have to understand this. I didn't know what near death experience was. I didn't know anything about anything about anything about anything. Like that was the farthest thing from my mind at that time. I had an ego. I had a lot of power because of my company. I had this, I had that. I was the, I was the boss of everything, you know, like that was the furthest thing in my, I didn't care about spiritual stuff that like, it didn't even cross my mind. And so I'm floating above my body and my, my, my body's on the couch and I'm like, Oh my, I'm like, and I said this, and it's, this is a crazy thing. So I watched so many near death experiences, million, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, all the ones on your show. And it's so weird because after studying near-death experiences, if they everybody literally has the same thing. When they first come out of the body, they actually still have part of their ego and their carnal mind. But the further they get away from their body, the memory starts fading. So as soon as I came out of my body and I look back now and I I can't believe I knew what I knew when I came out of my body. But I was when I came out of my body, I was floating and I looked down, I was like, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. And I look back at that day and that moment when I said I was dead, I was like, how did I know I was dead? Like I was out of my body, you know, because you you would think when you're in the spirit realm, 
you know, that's not what your thought process would be. But anyways, so my ego, you know, they call it the silver cord. Maybe it's the attachment of the silver cord. It still hasn't snapped. And so I still had memory. Right. And um, but anyways, so when I was floating out of my bed, I was in the living room and the fireplace was across and I looked at the fireplace and I, it was so cool, dude. I was just like free. I was just like, man, okay, it was the greatest experience. I'll never forget this second. But when you, everything is gone, you have no weight. I mean, you're completely weightless. It's just crazy because it is. It's like the greatest feeling ever. So I'm sitting here floating like this. I'm like, oh, God, this feels good. And so there was lights all the way around the room. You couldn't see them. I, I couldn't tell you what they look like, but they were there. It's like there was light without lights and everything else was gone. All the other, no, like any, if I, like there was no normal lights. It was just heavenly lights or whatever you call them, spiritual lights. And I, I, I was still in the room though. So it wasn't like, um, nothing disappeared i could still see things but i was floating and so my first thought i don't know why my well my not my first thought my first thought was i'm dead i'm dead i'm dead and i guess my second thought would be like this is this is paradise what the heck's happening to me and so anyways i i look at the master bedroom which was one one room over and my thought was like okay i'm gonna go see my my wife that i was with at the time and um, so I was going to go through the door because you have to go around the um, hallway through the door. And my body just took me through the wall. And I just went through the wall straight on a perfect, perfect path, you know. And um, anyway, so um, I, I and this is the crazy thing. This is the, what's going to happen to me. It's never happened on any near death experience I've ever I've ever seen. So. I'm sorry, I gotta get some light here because my face blurs out. And um, so my my wife is sleeping on her back and her hands are on her stomach. And um, I, I I I I float up to her and I'm like, I'm like, Bridget, I'm like, Bridget, I'm dead, I'm dead. And I take my hands and I try to pull her out of her body and I don't have hands okay i i don't know how to explain it maybe they're spiritual hands but you feel like you have them but you don't i can't explain it you can't explain things in the spirit realm because our carnal minds don't understand it and so i'm trying to pull her wake her up wake up wake up wake up and as like i would just let's just say like the 10th time after doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it her soul comes out of her body and comes right in front of me and the window. So there's a bed, then the dresser, and then I have a light on the dresser, and then a small window behind the dresser. She comes out of it, and she's hovering over the, I'm sorry, nightstand, not dresser, over the nightstand. She's hovering. This is crazy. Okay, so when, when I'm looking at her, First of all, a few things happen. The first of all, she's she's wearing this uh, this uh, dress, not a dress, this gown, and the gown had colors I've never seen before. It had this gold, like the gold was alive, and it had these other colors that were connected into it, and then the rest. And then it had a little bit of white and it was all a pattern through a whole entire thing. And I remember stopping for a quick second and I was like, what the heck is that? Like, and then her face, her face was identical. She was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. You could see every face feature, feature everything from her eyes to her, to the lot, to everything, just the out, you know, the cheekbone and everything, but, but she had no bones and she had no skin. She, and I tell people like this, if you watch Casper and you look at Casper, you can see right through Casper. And I tell people, I said, dude, the people who made Casper actually had encounters because that's literally what it looked like. You could see through them. It was this glowing white and it glowed and it was unbelievable so she's sitting there hovering in front of me like this and and i could see through her and her face was so beautiful 
and it's and after about i can't i don't know there's no time and space in the spirit realm but this is like 20 30 seconds later what i don't know anyways my everything behind her my bed the wall the light the nightstand they all disappear and so what i'm thinking and then heaven appears but i'm gonna get there what i'm thinking is the farthest i was from my body the longer i was out of my body the more my mind started losing that carnal that flesh so um so she's floating in front of me on the nightstand but the nightstand um disappears and the bed disappears and the light disappears the wall disappears and i was saying the further I got away from my the, my body, the farther my mind was away from the carnal world, the more the spirit realm started opening up. So then everything disappeared, except I could see her, and then I saw heaven. And heaven, and um, heaven, it was like this big picture, but it was real. Like if you... It was like looking out a window, like a huge window appeared, gigantic window on my wall appeared. And I saw a tropical landscape and the sand. I saw the most beautiful water I've ever seen in my life. I seen palm trees. I seen sand, birds, and every single palm tree looked like it was handpicked and put in a exact spot the leaves were alive the sand every piece of sand was alive everything and get this i did not go into it it's almost like it's almost like i was this far all i had to do is reach my hand and that was the crossing point of me and this world and so i'm sitting here staring at this and i was in awe because you're looking at a landscape that was alive. You don't look at a landscape that's alive here. So my mind was blown. I never, I remember when I, when I came out of this and I, and I came out, I was like, I can't believe it. You know, the, 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 everything was alive. You know, the sand was alive. The water was alive. The trees were alive. Everything had a color to it that I've never, ever, ever seen before. And anyways, um, and then I looked at um, my then wife and, and her lips, moved but she wasn't talking to me but it was an internal thing and she goes everything will be all right and bam i wake up out of my body going <gasps> you know and i run straight back but this time through the door and i wake her up i said dude you wouldn't believe this dude i, I and i didn't know what to call it i was freaking out and it wasn't Five, 10 minutes later, they didn't really have Google. They had Google back then, like computer wise or whatever. But I, I ran and, you know, I didn't really know how to use a computer because it was back then. But I started digging into every book and I was like, what? Because I didn't know what happened to me. It wasn't until maybe three or four days or a week later where I'm like, oh, my God, I had a near death experience. I had a near death experience. But, um, you know, I'm so like, excited about this because i think when this happens to people it, it it changes your life you know it changes your life and and um it's just surprising i mean every day of my life people say this about near-death experience because i've watched mil so many of them they said th they never forget the details and i remember that or the way I think is this, when you come out of your body, you are then in a spiritual realm. So your memory is more clear. You, you know, it's more, it's, it's in a loving environment. It's feeling so good. So it's hard to forget those details. And I know some people say, well, I, I didn't remember everything I was told. I wasn't told anything. I just saw visual is real simple. And so, yeah, that was my experience. And um, it changed my life, man. All right. The first thing we need to know, well, actually two things is, was your wife conscious or unconscious when you pulled her out of her body? And then once you woke her up, did she experience anything like you did? So, um, yeah, that's a good question because it's something I've thought about for years since that happened. When I came back, when I pulled her soul out of her body, when your soul comes out of your body, 
it becomes a spirit because your you, you, your soul splits from the spirit realm and comes into the body. And that's where you, you live. Your soul lives in the body with the carnal mind. And so there's a, a, there's a verse that says we're seated in heavenly places, meaning we always have a spiritual body for eternity. And I believe that, um, when your soul comes, when her soul came out of her body, consciously her body didn't really experience it because she separated into the spirit realm. But when I did wake her up, she goes, I felt something tugging on my hands. And but that's all she said. She felt something tugging on her hands. But I believe I was like the same question you asked, though. I was like, what the heck? Why wouldn't she just come and say she saw me like it didn't make sense to me. But then I was like, wait a minute. It's because her soul separated into the spirit realm. It was apart from her. You know, it was kind of like a dream, like it happened, but it didn't, you know. And so, yeah, that was a good question, because that's something I dwelled on for ever because my mind is thinking my rational mind is thinking she should have just said oh yeah i saw you in the soul spirit realm you know Mm -hmm. well when you she was out of her body and you were looking at her were her Mm -hmm. eyes closed or open oh no she talked to me when she remember she didn't not not like word for word but she she was looking straight at me like this and she goes and her lips went her lips went you know, told me everything's going to be all right. Her lips moved, but she wasn't speaking, but she was conscious looking at me straight on. But you have to remember when she came out of her body, she was this spirit body with like this garment, this uh, thing on. She was a completely different person. It wasn't the same person that I talked to. It was her spirit self. Mm -hmm. And she didn't. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm not powerful enough to get her consciously knowing who she is in the spirit realm. I'm sure like if she had an encounter like I did, it, she would have experienced it, but her, she was still in her carnal mind. She was still in her ego sleeping. So when you were looking at heaven, did you yeah. feel there was a barrier? Like you said, yeah. it was like looking through the window. Was it like a yeah. glass barrier? There was, was there some nothing... kind of energetic barrier keeping you from going to heaven? So it's weird because like, those are two good questions because both of those questions I've thought about since the second it happened. And I'm like, why did I, why did I go, you know, like, why did I not go? Like, give me that chance again. I'm going through that, you know? And yeah, I mean, maybe I didn't feel a barrier, but I did feel a barrier. Like it felt like if I wanted to, but what was stopping me? You know what I'm saying? Does that mean like I don't know? And I and like I said, you asked a question that I dwelled on every day since that happened. I tell people this story, I tell people my near-death experience a lot. I, I told somebody today, and I was like, I was this close from jumping into this, you know, and I don't know, man. Maybe it wasn't my time. So after you had your near-death experience and you were telling people about it, how did your friends and family react? Oh, they thought, uh, okay, so when you have a near-death experience, like all the people you spoke about, they're really genuine and sincere and it really happened to them. And so they want everybody to know. And yeah, everybody thinks you're crazy. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Because nobody's experienced that. But then when you talk to somebody that has experience and knows this life, like maybe doctors who study it or other near-death experience people, they're like, yeah, man, this is what happened to me. But, you know, look, dude, if someone came and talked to me like that and said, yeah, I came out of my body and this and this and this, you know, it's still hard for me to believe other people to this day, even all the things I've experienced, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, but, yeah, I mean, who's going to believe you? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, when I introduced you, I said you encountered God. So did you have another NDE or yeah. how did that happen? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I had my uh, near-death experience, right, when I was 30 years old. And so it took me on a 
Oh my gosh. It took me on a path of spirituality like you wouldn't believe. I went from reading like just like reading every near-death experience, just trying to figure out what I saw, just it kind of got I got really, really religious for about um right before I was 40 years old, I saw God. But before I get to that, I was getting real, real religious. So I was watching all these videos of people who had encounters with like light beings and outer body experiences and um, not just the NDE, but like they'd leave their bodies and then like wind would come in their house and they'd encounter God or like they would talk to an angel and and I was going through a lot of frustration because I didn't understand my identity at that time. And, and I was I was not liking my job. And, and now I love life. Life's freaking awesome. But um, anyways, I was getting real depressed and, and it just got to it. And one day um, I was sleeping in my bed and this voice came to me. And this is where everything started. This is where my roller coaster really started. This was the greatest thing ever. This voice came to me and said, your daughter is going to get a flat tire. And I said, that's bull crap. I can't believe she's going out at four in the morning. She, I'm going to kick her butt. Like this voice came and told me that like straight up. And uh, I said, okay. So the next day I said, Madison, uh, my daughter's Madison. And um, I said, uh, you're, we need to get your, you know, you make sure your uh, spare tire is working, your jack's working, everything's working because I was told you're going to get a flat tire. So she goes out. Um, and so like, this was three out excuse me for three days i was arguing with this voice about this flat tire third day i finally did something so i got all of her stuff taken care of that night she calls me at like 12 o'clock at night in austin because i live north of austin in georgetown and she's like dad i got a flat tire and i said dude i got everything you need for your flat tire how the heck did you not be able to fix it we took care of that this morning well there was something like the like the thing on the jack or something was broken right so i was like this is crazy i was this happened you know so i go to bed that night and or maybe it was the next night i'm sorry and then this this voice comes to me and says your daughter's gonna get in a wreck and i said dude this bull crap i can't believe it. i was just real frustrated with her at that time but i'm no longer that way because life is so precious and whatever they do it's a learning experience and it's awesome so but at that time i was frustrated and i was like what the heck i can't believe she's getting because she was going out all night with her friends she was young right and um you know like 16 i don't even know it's like around there but she was going out all night and um and uh, so this for okay, so I fought with this voice every night for three days. This voice said she's gonna get in a wreck. And after the third or fourth night, after this voice told me where she is gonna get in a wreck, this voice said this: Why don't you love her when she gets in this wreck and appreciate who she is? And this joy came up through me, like I got so relaxed, I got this smiley face, and I was like, Yeah, why don't I just love her? when she gets in a wreck it's crazy like he was teaching me how to love and so she calls me two o'clock in the morning dad i wrecked the car tow trucks coming two o'clock in the morning busted like the axle i don't know a bunch of crap she don't have that car no more but um so i'm going to the wreck and i'm like what this is this is crazy something's going on in my life and uh my son oh my gosh i did i mess up on this story so i'm so sorry there's so much to this story okay let me back up one day <laughs> i'm so sorry okay 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 she got the flat tire okay and then i um and then so i was real frustrated and all this was going on this is where my encounter with god is and then she got in the wreck the next night and then i saw my son and so there's more to this story but anyways i i can because of time restraint i can't even tell you half of this story but anyways i went okay so it was uh 10 o'clock at night and i go out in my front yard and i'm screaming i'm stressed i'm i'm just stressed like this is a life i don't live no more because life is 
awesome, you know? Now life's the greatest thing you can ever have. If something happens today, it means you're living. And if you're living, life is awesome. And so, um, I mean, my car broke down this morning and, and that was my first thought. It's like, dang, it broke down because I'm living. This is awesome. And I fixed it. I didn't stress. And um, so anyways, at 10 o'clock at night, I walk outside and I'm screaming, like screaming, like screaming on the top of my lungs where people thought I was crazy. And I was like, God, I can't stand this life. You know what? It says that if you seek, you'll find if this and I just started screaming, screaming for 15 minutes, like crazy screaming. And then so I'm, I'm, I'm facing across the street. And I turn around because I had nothing left. I got done screaming. I had nothing left. I've never done that in my life. And I turn around like this and I'm and I'm walking toward my door. And guys, this is real. Like, this is no lie. This is no hallucination. This I don't even like telling this story. And um, so I turn around and something picked up my chin like this. And this peace filled my whole body like feeling so good and I look up and there was this God figure and it was as big as a mountain it was is it was it is probably started around 40,000 feet in the air and it went as high as you can only imagine and it went way up and, and there was this God figure and it was sitting on this I wouldn't say throne but if you um, go to those fancy tables and you have the four the two chairs on both sides and then you have a king's chair which is the end table on the on the opposite sides and you got that one chair it's not like fancy like what a king would sit on but it's the nicer chair it was identical to that and he was sitting on it and he had this book and the book i can't even tell you feet but i guarantee you this book was five thousand feet tall five thousand feet tall it wrapped over both of his legs it was split right in the middle and i always laugh about this because i'm like that means I still have half my life left because that's what I think. Because, you know, I'm like, and and I'm not going to get all religious and tell you what I, I think. It out. I'm only going to describe what I saw. So the book opened, was halfway open over his legs. He had his hands under the book. And this is a crazy thing. I saw every single detail on his body. He had like this white. I got to stop here. Okay, so I, I watch all these near-death experiences. I watch these scientists and I watch all these people talk. And they're not, they're like, it's not like there's a guy with a white with white hair on a throne. And I laugh, but I'm like, no, because that's what I saw. But I'm not saying that you're ever going to see that. I'm not saying that is out there, but that's what I saw. And I laugh my butt off when I hear that because I'm like, dude, I saw that, man. But it just shows all is all. Everything's everything. There's nothing that isn't. And so that's what those people need to understand with their ego is there's nothing that hasn't happened. And um, anyways, I was like, so the book was open. He had his arms under here. He had a robe on. He had like the, he had these sandals. I could see every detail. I could see his eyes. I could see everything on him. And he was this uh, floor of this white glowing, almost identical to my, um, my uh, then wife. When she came out of her body, that spirit body, basically identical to shiny white glow that you can see right through. But the thing is, it wasn't like smoke or a mirage or, or, oh my God, am I squinting? No, this was like, bam, you and me. And, and, and you could see every single detail. And I was just there and oh, and then I did have a thought. I said, oh my God, I got to go get my camera like that. And this voice said, no, no, you're not. You're not going to get your camera. And and then I dropped to my knees because I, I don't even know why. Like, just let you know, at that time, I had no recollection of the Bible or any other religion. I wasn't, I, I, I don't, I didn't know what anything was of anything. Okay. Like, I did go to church when I was young, but. I didn't know what the Gita, the Pali, the Bible, the the Gospels were. I knew nothing. Okay, so I I landed on, I jumped, I got down on my knees, and he says, "You don't have to bow down to me." And then, then I got up, and I was sitting here like this, and this power was coming through me for like I say eight minutes. There's no time and space in the spirit realm. And um, anyways, like 
anyway, so I was like this, you know, I was like this and um, like the stuff power was coming in me. And I do know the reason for all this because I have revelation for another time that would blow people away that like, I don't even want to get into it because it takes too long. And so, okay. So anyways, that situation happened. And I was a person would, that would tell everybody about everything. I had a big mouth. I had an ego. I bragged a lot. And guess what? When I walked inside after that, I, I didn't say a word to nobody, to nobody. I just said, okay. Uh, you know, my thought process was like, it wasn't even like saying, don't say nothing. I just, for some reason, turned into somebody else. And so I went in and uh, my kids, I didn't see my, my daughter was out all night. My son was sleeping until five o'clock in the afternoon the next day. And so the whole next day comes and I see my daughter and I'm like, what happened to you? What happened to you yesterday? Something happened to you. Nothing happened to me, dad. Nothing happened to me. Now I was like to my son, I said, what happened to you? Something happened to you. Cause I was thinking like they had an encounter. Right. And so my dad, my, my son's like, nothing happened, dad. So my daughter goes out two o'clock in the morning. I get a call. Hey, I got in a wreck. And I was like, no freaking way. So when we're going to the wreck, this is the crazy thing. We're going to the wreck. My son, halfway to the wreck, decides to go with me. And he turned halfway in the wreck. He was attached to video games 24 hours a day, a gamer. He makes money online gaming. He, he was attached. He turned into an angel for four straight weeks. No, three straight weeks. I'm sorry. Three straight weeks he turned into an angel. Maybe three and a half. I don't know. Round there between three and four. So he starts talking to me about like spiritual things, angelic things. Like he became a different person. He quit playing video games for three to four weeks, did nothing. I cussed every single word, every word, every word I cussed. I was like, F this, F that, F that. I remember we got back to the house. He goes, dad, you don't swear. Anybody that lives this way does not swear. He completely, and then he started watching, he went and bought a Bible, started watching every uh, debate between Christianity, Hinduism, all the religions, started studying all the religions. This was for four weeks. He totally quit his whole entire childhood for four weeks. And I know what happened that day. God, I needed help. And God turned this kid into something else to bring me back to who I truly was because he literally changed me. He nitpicked in, in a good way, nitpicked every little thing I did. It was crazy. And, and it was like he was on a time spell or something like on a contract. And then my daughter got on the wreck. So we get there. And then when we get home, my daughter has a dream three days in a row after a week goes by and she goes, dad, um, I'm, I had a dream three days in a row, three days in a row telling me I have to break up with my boyfriend. And, and I was like, wow, like just more things just kept on going on that connected to this. But that, that was my encounter. But one more thing about this, like I can look at you and I can look at anybody. I'm going to tell you something. This probably can never happen for somebody else. This is part of my vibration, my frequency, my DNA. This is the way I'm wired. That's why I saw this. This is not a situation for somebody else. This was real as you and I, but it's only real for you and I, like me and you, like talking to each other because of the way my vibration, my frequency is wired. My energy is wired on the inside. Everybody's going to have some crazy experience that is so real which it, like you and i just like if you're talking to somebody in the street we're all going to have some encounter if we truly want one if we truly seek but it's all going to be different every encounter is going to be different and my encounter was real it wasn't a mirage it wasn't smoke it wasn't clouds it was him and i and that's what happened. And I just stress that because people probably are like, yeah, you probably are just seeing. No, dude, this happened. I have a whole testimony. That's another 20, 30 minutes that's tied into this, you know? So, well, did you get any abilities that you didn't have before? Oh, yeah, after yeah, yeah. NDE and or after this experience with God? Yep. So um, a month later, I'm laying in my bed 
And this voice comes to me. This voice comes to me and says, go have your son pray for you. Never did that. Didn't even know what praying was. Didn't know what anything was. Okay. This is new to me. And I'm like, because I was going to take painkillers. And he said, don't take those painkillers. Go have your, your son pray for you. Oh, let me um, real back up, back, back up. I took Xanax and um, and uh, the most addictive pill that is over the counter back then. Um, gosh, I can't remember one what those, it was. One of those pain medicines? like no, it, uh... was, it was like pain. Lyrica. Lyrica is the most addicting one. You can't get off it. Dude, Lyrica. I was taking Lyrica. If I went, if I didn't take a pill the next morning, I would sit on my couch and throw up and have panic attacks and throw up. And I'd be stuck like uh, like. I'm something's wrong with me. And I would shake like this and sit on the ground, sit on the couch. And I'd sit there till I took another pill and I took Xanax for anxiety. Right after I saw God, it's like we had another moment. We had another moment. I didn't, cause there's more to this. And, and he says, don't go back to the doctor. Don't take Xanax or Lyrica. And I said, okay, no withdrawals. I tried to get off that crap. And guess what? I lost all my anxiety. My anxiety was so bad. I used to take two Xanax bars. If people know what Xanax bars are, they're these giant bars. I'd take two in the morning before I picked up my cruise before, you know, I had a huge construction business and I would I'd pull over the side of the road and I'd be like breathing real hard because I'd, uh, you know, attacks, uh, anxiety attacks. And so I completely got 100% healed from all stress and all anxiety and because life is awesome man like i was i was given some the ability but yes so anyways you said did i get any ability so um the a month went by and this voice tell me have your son pray for you so i go into his room okay i fought with this voice for five minutes i said heck no i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna go in my son's room let me stop you one second when you hear the voices is it God's voice that you're hearing, do you think, or an angel's voice, or is it like hearing your own voice, or can you tell me a little bit more about the voice that you hear? Yes, think? so um, it's not hearing my own voice, and I'm not going to say it's God's voice, and I'm not going to say it's an angel's voice. All it is is a, a voice, and it talks to you. You mm. hear it solid, like you and I, but it's inside. I'll get to the audible voice, but I have only heard the audible voice out loud once and I couldn't sleep for three days, but let me, let's do this. So I walk in. Yeah. So I don't know what, yeah, I, I call it God spirit realm, whatever you can call it source. You can call it universe. You can call it what you want. It is all, everything is all, but um, you, I went into my son's room after fighting for five minutes with his voice and I walked in there and I said, I was so embarrassed. I said, can you pray for me? And he, and I was so embarrassed. He goes, whatever, you're weird. It, it was that like that bad. I said, dude, just put your hand on me. Uh, this voice is like telling me that you have to pray for me. And this voice was loud. It told me in English, perfect English, have your son pray for you. And so he puts his hand on me. He goes, He's like, okay, I prayed for you. And I'm like, good, this is over with. I'm out of here. And before I left the room, I lost all feeling of my legs, all feeling. I was like, okay, I'm going crazy here. No pain. My, I can't feel my legs. I'm like, okay, I'm going crazy. So I walked back to my room and I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going crazy here. I'm going to, you know, sit around for five minutes and then um, I'm taking my pain medicine because I'm just going crazy right now. This can't happen. Right. So I lay down in my bed. Man, my whole body warms up to like I'm sitting in a hot tub without getting wet. And I start laughing and giggling. And I'm laughing and like the greatest feeling, almost like when you come out of your body and you can't feel nothing. I start going I start laughing and I start going, I'm like, what is going on? And then I haven't, you know, I have trouble sleeping, you know, because I'm just kind of wired that way. I slept so good. I slept like a bit. Well, it was hard to sleep after my encounter with God because it just happened. So after that happened, I was wired up all night replaying what happened to me over and over and over and over trying to analyze and get answers. And so it was hard for me to sleep. And I slept like a baby. And the next morning I rolled out of bed and um, I was like, dude, 
healing's real because I was hearing about people getting healed. I said, healing's real, healing's real. And so the next day I'm, I'm, I'm in the back seat and my, my daughter is driving and her friend is in the passenger car and we're driving to her house. Maybe we were driving back to my house. We had to be driving back to my house. It's either to her house or back to my house. And I said, no, 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 no. She was in the back seat and I was in the front seat in the passenger seat. And my daughter was driving because I remember I looked back at her and my back um, leg vibrator. Da, 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 and this never happened to me. It vibrated. And for some reason, this thought crazy. I turned around and I said, dude, does your left back left calf hurt? And she goes, oh, my God, how do you know that? How do you know that? And I said, and I touched her leg. I said, it's healed now. And I never done this ever, ever, ever. It was almost like it was like a baby bear or a, a ba an animal that instinctively knows his job when he comes out of his mother's womb, you know, and I instinctively knew what to do. It was so mind blowing. OK, there's way more of that story. So we go home. We come, we come back to my house and I start talking to her, being real nice, whatever. Uh, we're, we're having a good conversation. So um, the next day she goes home and she tells her mom what happened. And her and then she and then the girl, my 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 uh, daughter's friend says and my daughter goes, hey, this girl, the, the friend that got healed yesterday wants to meet you during lunch. She's got to talk to you more. So I come to lunch and we meet at the sandwich shop and I'm staring at her. And I said, I said, your stepdad. And I said all these things. I said, your stepdad is jealous, so jealous that your mom hides her phone and she can't. Uh, I just said all the gosh, I wish I could remember. I probably have it in my diary because I had everything to read in my diary. But it, uh, like the uh, stepdad was real jealous. He was very um, uh, they had the son had problems. And I was like, da, 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 da. And I was like, where's all this information going to? And so that's what happened. And she went back and told her mom and her mom. Oh, yeah. Her mom wanted to meet me. Her mom wanted to go. Who is this guy? And I was like, your mom can't meet me because. Her husband um, will uh, look through her phone, will follow her. He's real jealous and this and this. And she goes, how do you know these things about me? And then I said, your brother at 13 did this. And now you're, you're in this and this. And she goes, this is crazy. You don't even know me. And so that started happening a lot. Can you tell us about some of the other healings that you've performed? Um, yeah. So um, when you wanted me on, I started looking through my diary because I'd write down all my healings. And um, and so one of my coolest healings was this. So me and my daughter would go to Walmart to see healings because and when healing happens, I would turn into a different person. I was not this carnal mindedly ego person. I lit if you watch Superman and he uh he turns into a different person. I swear that's what it feels like. I turn in, something comes over my body. And so I'm like, dude, I'm feeling, I'm on fire. Let's go. And so I go to Walmart, me and my daughter go to Walmart. We're sitting in the, um, uh, the medicine aisle at Walmart. And this is lady comes, um, on a motor scooter and, and, and I see her and I'm like, uh, I don't know what I said to her, but I'm like, Hey, you know, can I bless you? I see miracles, whatever like that. And so, I, so I bless her and power hits her power hits her. Me and my daughter are staying there. And this was awesome because I felt it. And she starts putting her hands up in the air and screaming in the aisle and all this stuff happens. Her whole body heats up. And so this is a good story. I love this story. So like it, that all passed and I went home and the power hit me so hard. I walked around my front yard for about an hour to two hours crying. I was crying because I was like, what just happened is th this, this is just like mind blowing. So this is so good. I'm sleeping. I'm going to bed four weeks later. Right. And this voice comes to me and says, get up and go to Walmart. And I said, I ain't getting up and go to Walmart. I got my jammies on. I'm going to bed and I'm tired. No, you're going to. And so I fought with this voice for 15 to 20 minutes. And, and so I finally, I remember, I was like, fine, I'll go put my clothes on and I'll go to Walmart. It was literally like a, a parent to kid fight. And so I get to Walmart. This is so funny. I'm at Walmart. And I said, you know what? You sent me here. So this is the deal. 
I'm racing through these aisles so fast and I'm coming right back out of that door and I'm leaving. And guess what? I race through these aisles and bam, I run right into that lady that got healed and she put her hand in the air. And I had this all in a diary of all the things she got healed of. I just read it again yesterday. She goes, I've been looking for you for four weeks. And she pulled out paperwork this big that she got from the hospital, from the doctor. And she goes, I was healed of this, 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 this. My arteries, were, my arms were completely uh, clogged. My arteries and my arms and legs and uh, sudden kind of cancer and something like this. And, and I was like, Oh my God. And I remember because I was such in a pissy mood, I left that place on cloud nine. And then um, I read in my diary yesterday, or was, I guess it was yesterday or the day before. And I, I remember I went to the next page to see what happened. Uh, I was like, I, was, I used to write what I was on fire, fire one through nine, one through 10. And I was on, I, I said, I'm on fire nine all day all day i was on fire and then uh, something else happened but i was gonna yeah and uh, well, let me tell you another experience this isn't a big deal but this real one really touched me because i got other huge miracles this one really touched me i walked into Coles, and um i walked in there and there was this old man he was 97 years old and he was completely out like he looked dead he was out like this with a face like this and his daughter was pushing her and I walked up, I said, ma'am, can I bless him? And I grabbed his hand, totally out, no expression like this. And after my prayer, the mom started crying and he came up to life with this big smile. And like he, he just came back to life. It was, it doesn't seem like that big, but that when I read that story yesterday in my diary, it touched me so much because I remember that day because I remember because I prayed for a uh, like an eight year old child too, uh, not right after or right before that. But he literally came to life and goes, man, you're a good man. Hmm. Thank you so much. And uh, I don't know if we had time for more, but um, that that was so touching because I, I that's the first time I remembered it in two years. Well, what other supernatural things have you had happen to you? Um, I was gonna let you know the first one that I the very first experience I had was um, I was down at my at, it was when I was 22 years old, right when I uh, met my last wife, who I'm very good friends with right now because everybody's precious love everybody because there's gonna be a day where you're gonna wish you did and um so anyway so we're good friends we're best friends anyways i was down at the river and she was sleeping in her bed or she was i think she was in the bed or in the in the trailer at that time and i took her and her huge dogs down to the river she was she lived on a river her mom did so we went down on the river it was about 10 11 12 at night and this this triangle-looking ghost figure, exactly the same thing when I saw her, when she came out of her body, when I came out of my body, when I saw God on the throne, the see-through, vibrant white came floating. And I have many questions about what happened when I saw this. But he came floating across the river, never touched the water, never touched water. It almost looked like a triangle, but not with this face. And when he got halfway across the river, he looked at me like this. And I looked at him and boy, my heart fell out like, and he scooted across the river. And the weirdest thing, there's a couple weird things that don't make sense in this story, like every story, because we do not understand the spiritual realm. When he touched those trees, I heard the leaves, but the water, he didn't touch the water. He floated above the water, stopped at me and floated back. But he made the, maybe it's the energy that made the trees move and the dogs did not see him. I saw him, but these big, huge guard dog looking dogs, gigantic dogs were right there. They never saw him. After he went into the trees, it was like the movies. I ran so fast, I tripped going up the banquet, and I couldn't get up it fast enough. And I ran and ran and ran and jumped in there, and I just fell in the in the house. I couldn't breathe, and I was like, "Dude, you don't know what just that's crazy, dude. You don't understand when you see stuff like that. You don't know what to think, man." And to this day, I like okay. So all my my. 
like my near-death experience was different because I separated from my body and I got, oh, I, I could think real easy. But when, when I saw the God on the throne and like the UFOs that I've seen and like that ghost, your mind doesn't have any information. Your eyes are seeing it, but you have no clue about nothing. So you keep on rewinding. And let me get to this one real quick. This was one of the craziest experience. So I went to this store in Austin and I'm walking into this store and I'm at this tea store buying this tea. Okay. And so they had to go prepare the tea. They have to go get it. So I'm like, Hey, I'm going to get this tea. So the lady goes back, sh shuts the door, goes in the back. And this audible voice, audible, audible, like when I heard these voices about in my mind, I could hear them like this. Hey, Luke, go um, talk to this person like that clear. But this was different. This was the matrix breaker. This is when something like, so I'm just sitting there and this voice goes, hey, how are you doing today? Audible voice. And I'm like, what the freak? Like my heart is going boom, 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 like that. Oh my God. And I walk, I walk and I'm like, like my heart's just racing. I'm like what the, like, and I'm walking to the cash register. The girl comes out of the door, the exact voice. Hey, how are you doing today? Same exact voice. And, and guess what? My heart was beating so fast. I was so in fear of not like, fear of scared but like what the frick and so i, I grabbed the tea i turned around didn't say nothing and i just walked off and on the way home this is how real this was on the way home i screamed to the top of my lungs all the way home saying whoever said that who whatever's going on you need to explain yourself right now because this, that ain't normal. For three days, I couldn't sleep. I was up for three straight days, every moment, rerunning that voice, that audible voice. And so, you know, I always say that, you know, it's just maybe it's because it's like, you know, we're living in a in a matrix and maybe I experienced something a little before it happened. And so that's what I, that's all I can think about. It's like, because everything has already happened you know, everything from the past to the future is already done and nothing is new. Everything is this, everything is all already finished. And so I think that I got to hear the audible voice of her because something in the main, there was some kind of mess up in the matrix. Like I just skipped time, like a broken record or something. That's all I can think about, right? That's all I could you know, I don't know. And that was a crazy experience. Are we out of time? No, but we're getting close. But if you can quickly, can you tell us about the UFO you saw? Yeah. So, um, so I was, uh, okay. My, um, sister, my last wife's brother, no, my last wife's sister's brother. So her sister, her sister, and no, her sister and her husband, they, they had a house on the other side of town. So I always go there because I was the kid that I played with all the kids. I wore holes in my knees. I love them. I love kids. I love, you know, and so I play with the kids and play with them and everybody wanted to see me. So I'm over there and we're at the house at, and it wasn't a house. It was like a fourplex or even a twoplex, twoplex or fourplex and haven't been over there. It's over on Northwestern Avenue on the other part of georgetown anyways we're sitting there outside all the kids were wrapped around me because everybody wanted to be around me you know because they knew if they're around me they're gonna have fun and we're just sitting there and where one kid was missing one kid was missing and i can't remember which one it is but when all the family gets together uh that's the only one that doesn't talk about it so i had all the kids but one kid there was five of them i had one of them missing and there's a light pole and there's this disc this and everybody has a different view. I thought it was the size of a car. My son says it's a, the size of a bus. And when you talk to everybody, everybody saw it different. This disc was floating, and this was not 200 feet away. This was not 300. This wasn't 500 feet away. This was right above the electric pole. And I thought it was as big as a car. The kids said it was more like the size of a bus. 
and it's hovering, it's floating, and it's coming, it's coming like this, real, real slow, just watching it, and we watched this thing hover right over the electric lines like this, and we watched it, and we watched it for about three or four minutes, and it floated off, and biggest regret of that day, and, I'll, and I've always regret it, is I used to have this really nice huge truck with a sunroof that opened my biggest regret and was right there is not jumping in my truck and telling everybody to jump out the top and following this thing but it got around the trees but we we're so in awe it was before drones you're talking back in 24 you're talking 16 years ago dude 16 there was no drones there was there was nothing that can move like this and make no sound it was just hovering made no sound and we all watch it so the thing is is um when we, us the family gets back together we always bring that out remember that thing we saw floating over the power lines and this is all of us whitney sitting all together tied up just saying what's that and we all watched it man and then there was one other there was another time where i was sitting on my roof because i sat on my roof looking at the stars and uh, also like meditating hoping hoping angels would come and visit me and um i was sitting on my roof and this big old ball of light my son was actually next to me and uh this is just a couple of this was six years ago and the ball of light comes over our house at about maybe ten thousand five thousand feet and it made no sound sound and you couldn't see inside of the light because the light was so powerful you couldn't see anything in within the light it was so powerful and we watched it just go over the house until it left and we just watched it from one side to the next and i said there's nothing in the world that can do that that has no sound like we got to talk about this while it was happening mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm going to switch gears on you here. What is your YouTube channel? Um, it's Walk Kingdom. It's Walk, Walk Kingdom. Walk Kingdom. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping to start a school, a spirituality school, about bringing positivity and love and letting people know their identity because the whole thing is like, like, um, like the Bible says, the Bible says, go preach the gospel to all the nations. What that's saying is go tell everybody that we're light. Go tell everybody that we're not this flesh and to prove it when you die and you come out of this body, you're going to see your body laying on the ground and you're going to say, I never knew you. You're going to have no attachments to that body. And the whole purpose of life, it says in Luke 17, 33, it says, whoever keeps this flesh will be destroyed, but whoever destroys this flesh will live. Meaning whoever puts away all these fleshly desires and finds their inner self will break out of this matrix. But whoever doesn't will have to be buried in the ground. And this, this the thing is about about telling people their identity and letting them know their light and their love and their, you know, Galatians 5.22 says your love, joy, peace, goodness, thankfulness, kindness, patience. The thing about this, about letting people know is there's only so many people that can take this in. There's a lot of people out there at different levels of their, of their life cycles. And so you just got to respect people like, okay, this person isn't looking for their light this person's still trying to tie their shoes and so and that's the thing and so i can bring light to people and teach people hey man your light your energy your frequency your you know that's the only that's our true self but there's people that don't want to hear it and it's the re the reason why is because they're not as far along on this cycle because everybody's living it as they live it throughout the year throughout their um you know throughout their life mm -hmm. and uh, life yeah lives all right luke well before we finish up here do you have one last positive message that you can share with everybody yeah i just i think um i think i said it before and it's i think it's just it's it's funny because the gospel says it's simplicity right and love is simplicity you know love enjoys everything and i said it earlier when my i woke up this morning and i did the steering column on my truck and um i tried to put it in gear and it didn't go anywhere 
I said, and I had to be somewhere. I had a, I had a walk at 10 o'clock with a client. Then I had to be at another job that I should have had finished by Tuesday. I said, that's fine. You know what? I'm going to go buy a brisket because the, and so I went to H-E-B and bought a brisket and I brought it home so we could start cooking it. But my thought was at that one moment, I said, the only reason I said this earlier, the only reason this happened is because I was alive. Things can only happen. And, and before we're created in our mother's womb, before we come under this law, we choose to come into these this body. This is a privilege and the most, even if you're going through dreadful things, it's you had to go through these things to build your soul. And so if you go through these things, these rough times with a smile, with, you know what, real quick story. Uh, I have this construction company and uh, my guy dropped paint all over the sidewalk, all over, all the way up to the front door. And I remember it was horrible. And the guy came out screaming. And I remember at that moment, I said, Luke, you laugh and smile about this right now and take this as something that's amazing that happened. Because in a year, you're going to get through this and you're going to laugh about it. And I want you to I want you to know that you took this with dignity and smile and happiness and joy. And so I laughed the whole time when we we're cleaning this up. Right. And so that's the point is like life is precious. We're here because our souls chose to come in this environment to conquer what it needed to conquer. And so everything's a privilege and we don't want to wait until we come out of our bodies and actually die before we find out how precious this world is. Mm, that's a good message. Luke, thank you so much for sharing thank with you. us today. I love I your really, channel. Well, thank you. I, Man, really... I must watch every video. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing with us today. And I wish you the best. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Have a great evening. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.